Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Joe Cook. Today, I am joined by Justin Wells, and it's football season in two days. So we're talking about what to expect, what the expectations are this year for the Texas Longhorns. Big year, Steve Sarkeesian second in Austin. Uh, first, I guess, Justin, we can start 7 p.m. on Saturday. How excited are you for it to finally, finally be getting here? I'm excited because I am... I'm a little tired of the off season. I'm, I'm ready for the real season. Uh, you know, the, it, it, our off season is so long and, and, and there's so many aspects of it that we cover top to bottom that, you know, Saturday will be a relief of some sorts. Yeah. It's a long day for us, for guys like us that, that have to work the games, but man, it's working. The games is fun. It, it's all the other stuff that, that can be, you know, tedious at times. And so to me, it's just, it's going to be a relief. That Saturday morning when game day pops on, that that's going to tell me it's real. And, that, and that's what I miss the most is just the actual college football. We talk so much about what could happen, what's going to happen, and what happens after that. Now we get to talk about what actually happens. We get to really report on football. And to me, I know you're excited. I'm excited. At Inside Texas, we're definitely revving everything up. Um, my expectation is, man, it's football season Let's get the content flowing. Yeah, I'm with you. It's kind of weird. You know, in, in 2020, when we were faced with the, the pandemic, you know, Texas still made it to a bowl in 2019, beat Utah. Uh, and then the season kept getting pushed back, kept getting pushed back. That was a long off season. Even 2020, <laughs> yeah, 2020 made it to a bowl. Off season, not as long. 2021, didn't make it to a bowl, so that season ends in November, and we have to go December, January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August, and two days in September before we finally get to the game. So, yeah, we we I think we talked a couple of years ago. That was the longest off season ever. Oh, man. This one may have actually been the longest off season ever, and and we're <laughs> ready to go. We can kind of start with some of the moves that were made during that off season. Uh, of course, they brought in seven offensive linemen through the high school recruiting class, uh, notably Kelvin Banks and uh, Cole Hudson and DJ Campbell. Of course, they also brought in Quinn Ewers to to play quarterback, and he eventually won the starting job. Uh, we'll start with we'll start with the mullet. Everybody wants to know about the mullet. Uh, what are your expectations this year for for Quinn Ewers? Since it seems like the job is very clearly his Steve Sarkeesian mentioned he has no plans to play both quarterbacks in this uh, first game like he did last year uh he has you know he he's he's giving the keys to Quinn Ewers uh what do you think about what to expect this year from him you know it, it's funny Joe it feels full circle for me uh we've covered Quinn Ewers for five years and it, 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 it it's funny you know, from the beginning of it, him being the next prodigy, big-time prospect at quarterback, to being a Texas lean, committing, decommitting, transferring, signing with Ohio State, transferring back, coming to Austin. Now he's the starter. It feels like full circle. His recruitment has been a book of its own. And so I, I think the funny part about Quinn is that he's finally where he wants to be at the end of the day. He's, he's exactly where he wanted to be. And so – for me, I think the expectations for Quinn, it's it, it's tough because you've got a lot. He's got some offensive weapons, Joe. You know, the best friend a quarterback can have, a young quarterback, an inexperienced quarterback can have, is a running back. 
And Bijan Robinson's going to take a lot off of Quinn's plate. He's going to do a lot to, 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 to lighten the load in the box, so to speak. And so it'll be interesting to see. I, I think Quinn's expectations, I think they, they continue to rise for me because I want to see what they look like after week one. you got a lot of weapons. Xavier Worthy, Jordan Whittington, uh, Jatavian Sanders, Jalil Billingsley. There's a lot of guys out there that, that can catch the ball and, and produce. And so my expectation for Quinn is I think Texas offense is going to be good right away. I think their offense is going to be explosive right away. Uh, I don't know how reasonable that is, but I just I look at the young offensive linemen. I look we, we've seen the practices. We've seen, um, you know, the camps. We've seen all these settings. It, it would be it would be a disservice if this offense doesn't come out firing because that's exactly what Sark wants. That's why he picked yours. If you'll remember, it's because he can get more vertical down the field. You can beat ULM with a Hudson card game plan. Can you beat Alabama with a Hudson card game plan? Probably not. And so I think that's why Quinn's the guy. Sark is going, like you said, he's pushing all his chips. He's going all in. So my expectations of the offense are kind of high. I think this is an offense that should score a lot of points. I think there's a lot of opportunities there. And especially when you have the best running back in the country, one of the best talented offensive players in the nation and Bijan Robinson, that's going to help them so much, especially a young quarterback. You can never do anything better for a young quarterback than giving him a, a, a sexy left tackle and a badass running back. And he's got he's got that in Bijan Robinson and an up and coming left tackle in Kelvin Banks. And so my expectations for Quinn and this offense are, are kind of high, Joe, because I feel like they have a lot of the components you need to to score 35, 40, 45 points a game. So I'm not great at doing the whole statistic statistics thing and setting expectations there uh but i feel pretty good about this in that if you look at combined totals last year from casey thompson hudson card and then one completion from rashawn johnson texas had 2705 passing yards last year uh they also had 29 passing touchdowns and you know of course casey thompson i think led the big 12 in passing touchdowns but that speaks to i think it does speak to some of the things Casey was able to do in a handful of big games like Oklahoma, Texas Tech, and Kansas. Uh, but it also speaks to a little bit different philosophy that the Big 12 utilized last year. But 2,705 yards. I feel like if there was a uh, – I don't know if there's a prop on more passing yards than last year. <laughs> but if there was, I feel like there's an easy one to, to hit the over on. Um, it's not going to be perfect for Quinn Ewers. We'll see what that touchdown to interception ratio looks like in the upcoming season. But I feel like it's going to be a safe bet that not only will he top 2,705 yards, but probably 3,000. And, you know, we'll see about 3,500 uh, because even Sam Ellinger, I don't think he topped 3,500 except for maybe two times in his career. His uh, just once, his just once in, year, right? in 2019. So 3,500 oh. may be tough. But, you know, if if this offense is as good as we believe it can be, can be, like, you know, 90th, 95th percentile of its right. ability, 3,000 yards should be pretty easy to, to come by for, for Quinn Ewers. Now, what will the interceptions look like? What will the completion percentage look like? We'll see about that one. But uh, I, I'm, I'm definitely feeling that there's going to be more production from the quarterback position with health uh, this year with Quinn Ewers. And, and people need to understand they're going to be interceptions. That's going to happen. Quinn Ewers is a gunslinger and gunslingers going to sling it. 
And that's what he does. And so just be prepared. I think Sark is prepared for that because Quinn's going to take some chances. He has the type of arm talent that can, can fit the ball into smaller windows than, than most quarterbacks can. And so I, I, I'm with you. I like that prop bet. I think that's an easy one to take the over on the, on the yardage. The touchdowns, that, that remains to be seen. It's probably more of a push in that region. But, I mean, this offense should be good, Joe. Let's be honest. This is what Sark is good at. He's they, they've been in the system a little bit longer. The guys that came back, um, th 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 this group should score a lot of points. Are they going to turn the ball over? Yeah. Qu Quinn's, Quinn's, that's kind of his style a lot of times. He's going to have to work through those. That, that, that's going to happen in the first few years with him. He's going to have to work through that. And then that's where he learns. And, and so there's going to be some hard knocks. But, buddy, there's going to be a ton more good than bad when it comes to Quinn. And I expect this offense to be fun to watch starting Saturday night. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So um, the other one that we just mentioned was uh, the the true freshman left tackle, Kelvin Banks. And, of course, there's going to be two, sometimes three, maybe even four, maybe even five. But we know for sure two freshman offensive linemen are going to be getting a lot of playing time this year. But we'll start with the left tackle, Kelvin Banks. It's, it's arguably, you know, it's, it's a quarterback's blind side. It's super important. Uh, and Kelvin Banks is as talented as they come. I think he was the number 19 overall prospect in the on three consensus. Uh, very important late pseudo flip from, from Oregon after Mario Cristobal left the Pacific Northwest for the South Beach Shore. What are your expectations for Kelvin Banks this upcoming season? For Kelvin, it kind of goes, goes together with all the freshmen that are going to be playing. And to what we know, there's going to be two, st two starters that are freshmen and two other guys that are going to be playing major minutes uh, on Saturday in, in Devon Campbell and, and Cam Williams. But the two starters, Kelvin Banks and Cole Hudson, what are the expectations for those guys? Well, if there's one position I'd be scared to play a freshman, it's offensive line in college football. If there's one that I'd be really scared about playing, it would be left tackle. And so I, I, I say that with some apprehension because – Calvin Banks, I don't think he's your typical freshman. I really don't. This is a kid that, you know, he was one of the highest rated guys. We know that. But, man, he showed up so ready, Joe. This is a kid that studied in the offseason. He had had a lot of contact with Coach Flood over the spring. He had a lot of contact with the, the other offensive linemen that are coming in. They would all share notes. They would all compare stuff. This is a group that's really close-knit. And I think that's why you're going to see so many freshmen playing early, not only because they've got so much talent, but because there's a cohesive nature to them. They, they really like each other. Uh, I could see a, I could see an example where there's five freshmen on the offensive line for a series and they could be the fad five. I, I could, I think Kyle flood wants those guys playing together as much as possible, because you know, in the college game, the more offensive linemen play together, the better your team usually is. It, it, it's a, it's a pretty hardcore stat. And so, Kelvin Banks, my expectation is going to be for like it would be for any other big time prospect. He's going to make, he's going to miss some plays. He's going to, he's going to get pushed on a few plays. He's going to get called for a, for a late hold on a few plays, 
But for the most part, I think he's going to maul people. You know, Kelvin's a, an athletic kid. And, and not to mention with 6'5", 320 pounds, he's athletic. He's got good feet. A lot of these guys do. And Malik Ogbo is, is the same way. He's got great feet. And when you're that big and you can move the way you do, and you're also, you have to understand, Banks came in with this mentality of team first, me second. Like everything to Kelvin is team first. And I give his parents a ton of credit for the way he was raised and trained. Uh, Kelvin's been a Texas fan his whole life. And so I think he's been waiting for this moment for a long time. I think he knew he was going to be the starting left tackle before he ever enrolled. And that's just a, a quiet confidence that Kelvin Banks has. And if you have a franchise left tackle, that's probably the way you want him to be. That's how you want him to think. Cole Hudson's a guy that nobody talked about in this class. It was everybody who was about the big, big guys and Cam Williams and, and, and Malik Ogbo and Nato and Mazzulu, all those guys. Let me tell you something. Cole Hudson, pound for pound, may wind up being the one that starts the most. This is a guy that, that's been moved around on the line because of his versatility. This is a guy that my expectations for Cole are actually a little bit higher than Kelvin's because he came in in the spring and he got a head start on all the offensive linemen. And he would actually share a lot of that info with the guys through text messaging, through, te you know, uh, talking on the phone. Cole Hudson's a guy that I, my expectations are also a little bit higher for him because he can play right guard. He can also play center. You know, he's versatile. He's a guy that can move around a lot and, and they can, you know, if he moves to center, you can move a Devon Campbell to right guard. And then you put a Cam Williams at right tackle and you got four guys across the line that are, are all true freshmen. And so my expectations, I, I'm under, I, I'm not naive. I know they're going to miss some spots. There's going to be some, some misprotections. There's going to be some, some missed snaps. There's going to be some, some holds towards the end when someone's coming down the lane for your quarterback, that's going to happen. But you know, I, I love that they're making a youth movement there because Coach Sark is saying, look, these are the best guys I have. I'm not going to play the guys that came before, the guys that started before, the guys that have experience, because I feel like these are more talented. That's a pretty bold statement. He's replacing starters, you know, guys with experience for these young cats, but they have the talent. They have the size. They have the ability. So with all with all offensive linemen, you have to be, you have to be smart, but – when it comes to expectations, it, I'm, I'm trying to keep them level, Joe, because these these freshman offensive linemen, I feel like by the time they're in the middle of the season, they'll be less freshmen and more young prospects just getting it week after week. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. I think, you know, Kelvin Banks is just a, a different prospect. He really is. He's, he's, he's offered maturity beyond his years. A bunch of different players have said that. He basically rose to the top of the depth chart after one week on camp or one week in, in pads. Um, and he's, he's going to have his freshman mess ups. All, they all do, but he's got an experienced guy and most likely in Hayden Connor right by him. Right. And the thing is he's great at going forward. If you watch him in his film over at a uh, humble summer Creek, he was mauling kids going forward. He did pretty well going backwards too. No doubt about that. But the thing that's going to set up this offense is Bijan Robinson, and that's going to mean the offensive lineman going forward. That's going to help Cole <laughs> Hudson. That's going to help everybody in this offense. Yeah. So, I think the expectation should be that you know they they, they perform well. Uh, Kyle Flood knows what he's doing. He's seen some good offensive lines. He had good offensive linemen when he was helping Steve Sarkeesian in the NFL. He had great offensive linemen uh, there at Alabama, and of course he's added a lot of talent. He's got to make make work here at Texas. It's hard for me to think that that guy doesn't know what he's doing, uh, adding Kelvin Banks and Cole Hudson up front, but you have to expect, you know, freshmen are going to have some issues and 
uh, you know, that they will show up from time to time. Uh, a couple other newcomers on the defensive side of the ball to talk about. And then uh, we can talk a little bit of recruiting and a little bit of just, you know, what to look for from ULM. Uh, Diamante Tucker Dorsey. I remember when I saw, you know, it was told he jumped in the portal. You know, I read every anybody who is FCS or kind of a G5 guy who I hear about, uh, I'll, I'll check their stats. I'll see what the deal is and, you know, just see what their roster profile says, what some of the clippings about them say. And then, you know, when you see All-American, I think he was a second team All-American in the FCS at James Madison. That raises your eyes. You're like, okay, this guy knows how to play football. Then you see something like 5'10", 210, and you're like, uh, okay, interesting. <laughs> but at this point, it sounds like size has not made an impact on his game at all. He's one of the more instinctive football players on this defense, and he's going to play a lot of snaps this upcoming season. Yeah, my expectations for, for DTD, I keep wanting to say DDT, like the old wrestling move. And, and I probably should because he he plays physical. He, I get a Gary Johnson vibe out of him, Joe. Mm-hmm. You know, comes in, keeps his head down. He's got experience. He's got athleticism. Uh, obviously, Tucker had a lot more accomplished when he arrived to Austin. But, you know, what I like about Tucker is not just his play on the field. It's how he's um, – it's really how he's, he's, he's meshed with this defensive team, with all the team, with all the players. I mean, you talk to a lot of these guys, and and they love that. They love Tucker. They feel like the linebacker room needed that so, that sort of of experience. They needed that jolt of leadership. Uh, you know, the, the, there's some good players in there, Joe, but it, they needed to all play good at once. They need to all play well together. Uh, Overshone had been hurt. Jalen Ford had been young. Benda, we'd seen flashes, but not much. You inject Tucker into that room, and everyone's level got better. Everyone got better. Jalen Ford, we kept hearing about him in the spring and in the summer getting better. We're going to see him play a lot this year. Overshone, the first spring at Texas in four years that he's not health, that he's healthy. That made, I think, made a difference. And so Tucker Rose, he brought that room up. He brought some maturity. He brought some focus. You know, those, those, there's, there's some that are close to that staff and close to those players that say, look, Tucker was needed in that defensive room, not so much to make plays, but to, to just be that that calming presence, to be a mature guy. I talked about this on the radio uh, last night with our boy Kellner in, in Houston. I said, you know, this defense has eight or nine guys with a chip on their shoulder with something to prove. And Tucker Dorsey's in that mix. He wants to play on Sundays, Joe. All of them do. But when you get to this point, he traded up. He played real well at James Madison. He trades up for that de facto contract year, so to speak. And like you said, he's, he's undersized. But – in the NFL today, that if you can play, they don't care. They don't care. Draven Howard has made a living with the Los Angeles Rams, and he's one of the smallest guys on the team. And this is a guy that led the Big 12 in tackles for two years at TCU. And so the size, it, it can be a factor, but this kid plays bigger than his, than his body. And I, I love his mature presence. I love his leadership ability on that defensive side of the ball. And I, I think he has made those other linebackers – the, 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 their talent has the rising. I think the expectations are also rising a little bit too because linebacker play last year was not good. It just wasn't. And so there is a lot of room for improvement on this year's squad. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death 
in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook Games. Yeah, absolutely, and I'm glad you mentioned Demarvin Overshown. I went to Steve Sarkeesian's radio show. They they air it on Thursday nights, uh, but Steve Sarkeesian likes to go do some recruiting on Thursday nights. So they air it on Wednesday, or they record it on Wednesday at Pluckers and. You know, sometimes you get some big news. I think last year he announced like, oh, yeah, this guy's out for the game. And only one like a student media account posted it. And everybody's like, whoa, 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 what? What? The radio show's tomorrow? Oh, no, no. It's actually today. So but he mentioned that Jalen Ford and Diamante Tucker Dorsey having great springs really allows for uh, DeMarvin Overshone to be used in multiple ways, whether from the edge all over the place big spring for him being able to be healthy, like you mentioned. Um, so Diamante Tucker Dorsey, I like the Gary Johnson comparison. I don't know if he's as fast, but I think no. you're still going to see a, a very similar style of play. <laughs> uh, the other one, before we we jump into a little bit of recruiting, uh, Ryan Watts. And he was one of the recruits that I really liked when he was coming out of Little Elm way back in the day. Uh, goes to Ohio State, tremendous wingspan. Uh, not the fleetest of foot, but he started at corner at Ohio State, made a transfer back home, and uh, now he's probably if if Jade Barron isn't on the field uh, when they're in base personnel, basically when when Texas goes to nickel and they're going to be in nickel a lot in this conference, Ryan Watts is going to be on the field. I think I have big expectations for him. I, I think that his foot speed may be something opponents try to take advantage of, but he's so much bigger than any other wide receiver he's likely going to face or similar size. The only guy I can kind of think of that would give him like a physical, uh, you know, tough test for someone of his stature is either Bryce Ford Wheaton at West Virginia or maybe Quentin Johnson at TCU. But a lot of these wide receivers in the big 12, he's going to be able to push at the line. And that's something that plays into what Steve Sarkeesian wants to do this year. I'm, I'm really excited to see what happens with him uh, during the upcoming season. The thing I like about Ryan Watts is he came in not expecting anything. He knew he was going to have to battle. He didn't, he wasn't given the job. There were guys that, that were coming back with experience and Watts knew he was going to have to earn it. Um, I love that this was a guy that actually had some experience playing in Ohio State. I remember watching him play last year and he made a few plays and I thought, man, this is because we covered him in high school. And I thought, man, this is another kid from DFW, that's going to Columbus. It was the Jeffrey Okuda. It was the Terrence Brooks. It was just another kid Ohio State came in and took. And funny how that how all that works nine months later. He's starting at uh, at one of the corner spots, and, and Terrence Brooks is the backup at another one. And so Ryan Watts, to me, like you said, the, this, it, you don't exactly know how big he is until you see him in person. And I noticed it the first practice. I noticed when he would go line up, when, when, it, wasn't, it wasn't, they didn't necessarily line up against each other, but you just noticed him in the crowd and how he's three inches taller than everybody else. And then you look over at the receivers and at the time, I believe Isaiah Nayor was the only one that could match him eye to eye. I mean, Watts is a big load and he's kind of that new pseudo typical type of you know, tall, tall corner that, that some, that the NFL is looking for because they love that length. You know, if you get beat, it's that you, you got to have that makeup speed, but when you have that length, 
He's got the wingspan of a condor. I mean, this is a guy that's going to be able to, if he gets beat on it by, by, by the footwork, he can make up for it with his length and his reach. And so, and like you said, also, he's a big physical guy. He, if he's going to press at the line, it's not going to be easy for a lot of these receivers to, to get, to get a release. And to me, that's huge. If you can, if you can force that guy off his route for, let's say two seconds, that's two seconds that you can get to the quarterback that helps the defense tremendously. And so Ryan Watts, I kind of, my expectations were a little tempered early, but after, you know, seeing the gleam in your eye, like I'm starting to think Ryan Watts might, he, he, he might be rumbling towards a, a big 12 honorable mention. <laughs> this is a guy that, that everything is lining up for him, Joe. He, 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 he's, they've got the quick guy on the other side with Deshaun, Deshaun Jameson. They have the incredible cover guy and John A. Barron, who's going to be at star most of the time. And then they got the up and comer in Terrence Brooks and Jameer Johnson, the red shirt freshman that has really shown a lot of, a lot of, uh, a, a lot of potential uh, in the fall camp. But Ryan Watts is the one people are talking about. When you're 6'3", you're playing corner, that, that's a tough one. Quentin Johnston, I feel like, is going to be the, t- the toughest test. Uh, and that's just because he ha- he can match the length, and Johnston just has so much athleticism. He's such a high upside kid. He's, he is going to be hell on Saturdays and then Sundays in the next few years. But, but I'm with you. I like Watts a lot just because I think he allows PK to do more of what he wants to do. And, and we both know PK's – I wouldn't call it a hot seat, but this defense can't look like it did last year. It can't happen, especially when you have GP Gary Patterson sitting up in the uh, sitting up in the in, with the staff in the press box. It can't happen, and so I think bringing in guys like a Watts, like a Tucker Dorsey, that allows PK to do more of what he needs to do. Plus, you have the guys coming back that have that have the defense learn that they've learned it. They, they, they have another year of it. And so bringing in Watts, like you said, I think that matches well with what they want to do. And so my expectations with Watts are they increase a little bit each week because I just I see a big, physical, talented corner and he's still young. I believe he's a redshirt freshman. He's, he's still young. And to me, that that means everything. Running out of time a little bit. Uh, 2024 contact period began last night. Coaches could officially reach out uh, to 2024s without with far fewer restrictions, you know, who knows what the actual restrictions are if they're abided by, but Hey, if you're a 2024 junior prospect, you could be reached out to by your coach, by college coaches last night in a full official capacity, uh, real quick, rapid fire. Give me two who really stood out to you that Texas needs to add to this class. Micah Hudson, wide receiver out of Lake Belton, Michael Uni, offensive tackle out of Copper's Cove. I've been fortunate enough to go see both those kids this summer and in the, in, in the fall. Uh, two of the top priorities of this class, period, Joe. You, you, those are the two must-gets, especially in Syntex, closer to the school, in-state. Uh, Michael Uni is a ready-made left tackle. You know, we talked about Kelvin Banks. Imagine Banks a little taller, a little stronger. That's Michael Uni. Micah Hudson, we, we talked about Xavier Worthy and Jordan Whittington, the expectations with Quinn Ewers. Micah Hudson comes in, he plays day one. He's getting in the rotation day one. He's just that talented. I believe on three has him as the number one or number two receiver in the country right now for 2024. Those two guys, uber importance that Texas establishes those relationships. Both are going to be visiting. We reported this week, both are going to be visiting for the Texas Alabama game on September 10th. That's big. I'm not surprised by uni. I think Texas is doing a great job. He loves Kyle flood. 
Micah Hudson's one where they're having to catch up a little bit. But here's the thing with Hudson. Micah Hudson gives me a very strong Brandon Jones vibe. And by that, I mean he is incredibly polite, nice, uh, attentive, uh, compassionate. This is a really good human being. And I've really enjoyed getting to know Hudson and can't wait to cover him over the next few years of his recruitment. And he gives me a very deep Brandon Jones vibe. Like this is a guy you have to have in your program. He's not only so talented on the field, he's so good off the field. He is just a great kid. And so to me, those are probably the two ones that stuck out the most that, that if, if you want, if you're a Texas fan and you want to know who is the most important person they reached out to at midnight, Micah Hudson, Michael Uni. I like that wide receiver and offensive tackle. It seems to be a big, fa big factor in this offense. And yeah, I don't, I can't think of any defensive guy off the top of my head. I would pick, there's really no quarterback that just comes to boom, comes to mind. I know Texas contacted a couple and that's over on InsideTexas.com. Uh, But you know, it's going to be tough to find someone who wants to follow Arch Manning, just kind of yeah. how it works. Um, right. And yeah, I'll be, I'll be pitfalls, just ask Georgia, but it could work. Just ask Alabama. So, uh, all right, real quick, we got about four minutes left. I think last time I checked, the uh, Vegas line for Texas and Louisiana Monroe was about 37 and a half or 38. So, uh, I think we all feel pretty <laughs> confident that Texas is going to win this game. Do you think they hit that 38 number against the Warhawks? I was asked yesterday on the radio about that, and I deferred to you and Paul. Uh, for your, uh, your, your, your stewardship when it comes to the gambling arena. Um, Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. I don't know, man. I, I, I may take ULM. Uh, and I only say that because these guys have never, a lot of these offensive players have never played in a game together. And that matters. And I don't think ULM's just going to lay down. This isn't, you know, this isn't the, the LaLa team, I believe, they played last year that was, was a good team with some NFL players. ULM lost quite a few guys. And so I, I don't know how good they're going to be either. It's, oh, man, if I, I'd probably take ULM, Joe. I don't know if they can cover 38. Just not week one. If this was week nine or week 10, I would jump all over it. But week one, and, we, and they really haven't done things together in a game yet, 38 is stout, man. I think I'd take ULM. I'll go the other way. I think uh, this game's the only two guys who are difference makers, I feel like, on ULM at a Sunbelt level are Chandler Rogers, their quarterback, and Boogie Knight, the wide receiver. I think Texas can overpower them everything else, everywhere else. And I think once the course of the game gets going, Texas twos are going to be better than ULM's twos. Texas threes are going to be better than ULM's threes. They may call off the dogs and run the ball, run the dang ball, but I think they'll be still able to run the dang ball all over them. So um, I I would be surprised unless it is a coach's decision to get Quinn Ewers as many reps as possible. I'd be surprised if Hudson Card doesn't get some snaps this game, which uh, I think would be valuable. And 
uh, help out Texas over the course of the year. So, all right. I think that does it for this episode of On Texas Football. Game day is rapidly approaching. Make sure you like, subscribe to this channel because Bobby Burton and Rod Babers will have post-game coverage on Saturday night right after the game, live video. Uh, and make sure you give Inside Texas a try. You can get four months, which will take you all the way through the season and even through National Signing Day. Get it for $1, the best in coverage. We'll also have hoops covered top, top to bottom and the close of the 2023 class. So for Justin Wells, I'm Joe Cook. Thank you for watching On Texas Football, and uh, we'll see you next time.